0: Hey, I'm Lauren.
1: And I'm Carrie.
0: And we planted a church.
1: And we didn't know what the heck we were doing.
0: But now we kind of do. I mean, it's uh, survived 10 years.
1: And we're still married, so that's good.
0: So we made this podcast for couples like us who are following God's lead to start a new church.
1: Because church planting is really, really hard.
0: So we're here to walk you through some of the steps along the way, help you think about some of the challenges you might face, and talk about how your marriage can not just survive, but thrive while planting a church.
1: Welcome to the Church Planting Together podcast.
0: Bienvenudos, people. What? Bienvenudos. I think that's uh, Italian for "good day." Good day, or something. That's what. And the, what's on the wall at Olive Garden? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
1: I don't know, um, mm-hmm. but do we have a gift card
0: to Olive Garden? Yeah, I think we used it. Oh, blast! I know. Next time. <laughs> um. Hey, we wanted to talk about. Why plant a church? Well, yeah. And and let me give you a little bit of context about it. We, uh, when we started, we were developing our launch team and then uh, we decided to try to introduce ourselves to our community, um, but we weren't ready to launch yet. And so we kind of did a, a pre-launch um, uh, marketing campaign, inviting people to a dessert where we could share kind of our story and where we're going, our vision And try to connect with a few more families, which which it did. It worked. Yeah, it was great. We did.
1: After that, we were like, we're going to need a
0: bigger boat. Yeah, we got some people. Um, (laughs) Now, for some, um, the numbers that we're talking would seem ridiculous because we went from having – maybe six families to nine families or something <laughs> right? that were like committed to it after that. But yeah. that was huge for us to go, to get there. We had like 60 people show up to this dessert, which again, for some people are like, that's, that's nothing, but, but where for, we live. For us, and that for was like, us. wow, okay, this could work. Right. That really gave us a lot of momentum at that point. <laughs> and so um, anyway, we shared at that time, um, first of all, I, I was just looking at our notes from that moment um, and, uh, and, and thinking about it, kind of giving a little bit of our story. Uh, we talked about uh, our, um, our team, the folks that had moved out with us and, and who they were and what we were up to. We talked about who we were affiliated with. And uh kind of our vision and mission for who we are, what what planting a church is going to look like,
1: yeah. and at the time and in our culture, which is probably true a lot of places, people did not really understand what planting a no, church was. We not had to explain we're not starting a new religion. Right. <laughs> we're not like <laughs> right we're not a new um like capital C church right. that is got all these new ideas. Like we really had to explain what church yeah. planting was
0: and so part of what we described to people at that point, and part of what we just uh, I guess what led us to the place where we wanted to plant a church was uh, and felt like compelled to do that. well the the need was a huge part of that. But I think uh, one of the things that helped that helped me with this was uh, Tim Keller. He wrote um, a thing on church planting. And uh, there was some some real interesting and useful things to try to communicate to people who, as we were developing a launch team, some things that we wanted to communicate to those potential launch team members so that they would feel a passion for uh, for church planting. Right now, um, there's a few things that we should know. Uh, historically, as in 2021, even every church that opens, we've had four that are closing. So that's a, wow. a that's a statistic. That um, is is uh, is newer in in twenty twenty one. Forty percent of churches didn't make it through COVID. That seems wow way higher than I would think. But yeah. that was a number that was reported to me. Someone should fake fact check me on that. But that's forty percent. A, that's a huge number if that's right.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess because we don't realize how many little churches there are, and if they don't have the ability to do all the virtual stuff yeah.
0: that yeah yeah not all we churches did. could do it
1: and depending on your demographic and how people are feeling about cuz everyone has different views on right. <laughs> on on covid stuff so right. yeah
0: so so some of the reasons to build churches then are because a lot of them um we are there's not as many going around um right now as there as there were in fact here's some interesting statistics that uh Keller talked about uh, he said, in 1820, there was one church per 875 citizens in the country.
1: Wow.
0: Um, at the start of World War I, there was one church per 430 people. Whoa! And today it's it's well over a thousand, well over one church per a thousand, like um, well beyond that.
1: Oh, and Utah, it's even. Oh,
0: I don't even know. It's bad. <laughs> Utah is bad. But but you you look at so a reason for, for for one there's not enough churches per capita even as there were you know a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago. So our population has grown faster than churches have been able to meet the population growth yeah. in the country, right? Um, not only that, but um, if it's true that forty percent of churches didn't make it through COVID, or that we're losing four for every one that's planted, then yeah. we need to get a lot more out there to, to to stem the tide of that of that shrinking percentage of uh, of churches that are connecting to uh, to per capita. That that's uh, that that's um, kind of not doing well. So, we need more churches planted that way. Um, Also, uh, some of the why, why plant churches, some of the why, as we think about our launch team, some of the things that we want to maybe help them discover or see is that Christians are called through the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Uh, Making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to obey all that he's commanded them. That's a process, that's something that happens in the context of ongoing worshiping and shepherding communities. It's not something that uh, is just done uh, willy-nilly out there. (laughs) Right,
1: I love when you say willing. It's my favorite. I
0: try to get that in every <laughs> now and again. But it's not something that just happens out there. It's something that happens in a certain kind of context, and that's the, and the church is that kind of a context. So I think that part of living out the Great Commission, sure. Sometimes we think about a Great Commission church as one that's supporting missions or something like that. But I think church planting is and and just church ministry is the context for the Great Commission. And so if we're carrying that out, I think church planting is a a great way to see. Uh, to see that biblical mandate um, called, called uh, or or fulfilled. Um, I I think we see that lived out in the apostle Paul's ministry, right? He would, he would go into a new place. He would preach the gospel. He would gather a church. Um, He uh, made it a point to um, ensure that they had, uh, Leader, elders, leaders in those churches, and um and he'd move on to another place. And so that you see that consistent pattern of him kind of moving around, even you know, told uh, Timothy and Titus and those, you know, make sure that you're um, uh, taking what I've handed to you and entrust and that to faithful men who will in turn teach others as well. So he kind of had that discipleship pathway uh as a part of the church he told them to appoint elders in all the cities and so they were busy making sure there was a leadership structure to support the great commission but that was all done in the context of church planting so biblically there's a great um uh a great example of church planting as 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 maybe the church planting as as the way that we meet those biblical mandates I think um, they've also pointed out, missiologists have pointed out that new churches are the best at reaching new residents, new generations, and new people groups. So as culture shifts, as new people groups, as you're targeting a new people group, one of the best ways to reach that is a church plant. Not just an outreach to this community, but a church plant that embodies that DNA is oftentimes a better way to reach that than others.
1: Yeah, well, that makes sense because as we get comfortable in our church and the way that we do things. It's really hard to change those things as the culture changes. And I don't think necessarily we should, because why should, why should my grandma have to change the way that mm-hmm. she worships if she's out loving people and things like that. But that older church can help plant yeah. another church to reach that and still work together together. I mean, I remember when we first started, we had a little church in St. George mm-hmm. that was all older people. Mm-hmm. And they really, there were a few people who had tried to read, they're very close to the college down there, yeah. but they were all older people. In the, and their pastor, who I think this was very wise, he said, you know, this is a, church that probably is not going to grow. And eventually these people will die and the church will (laughs) die with them, but I want them to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. And so they supported our church plant to help leave a legacy, to help reach people for the Lord. And I will tell you, when we went to that church, Mm -hmm. those people loved on us so well. It was like a church of grandparents that we'd come in They would hug us. They had our newsletters on their wall. They knew all that was going on. They were praying for us. And they legitimately helped leave this legacy of now people who in Centerville, Utah, who have come to Christ because of their prayers Mm -hmm. and their love and their generosity of their finances. So it's not necessarily that every church needs to be doing the same things as every church, that there is value in the old hymn singing faithful churches that are loving the Lord, giving their resources to missions and yep. and so it's not that we all have to be the same.
0: No, not at all and that's that's part of why um, I think this this stat holds true that or this kind of mentality of of uh, a new church plant in this area is going to reach that better than you know us trying you know some kind of ministry there. so let's get behind. Come out of church, get behind a
1: church get plant, a church plant. Yeah. yep
0: so I think that that uh, new churches will better meet those new those new folks um, new churches, church plants are often better at reaching non-believers than than churches or established old established churches, churches old old churches and I don't know <laughs> where we fit in this anymore, but if we're old church or young church but, I know we're kind of middle church yeah, we're middle church, but um, a lot of unchur a lot of new churches are going to connect, you know, sometimes 60-80% of their people are going to be people that weren't connected to another church. Yes. And um and so that, that's a strategy for reaching those uh unconnected people is church planting and oftentimes a, a church plant is better at connecting with those people than existing churches uh in those communities yeah. already.
1: And some of that comes from the culture of your launch team. Yeah. That you're creating that culture of reaching out to unchurched, where as the church gets older, it's hard to protect that. And mm-hmm. I mean, we say over and over, you're constantly fighting the church growing inward to where we just wanna, you know, we come to get fed, we stay in our little bubble, and um, a church plant doesn't start that way.
0: No, no. So there's a there's a biblical call to make disciples. I think that call happens within churches, but as we think about reaching new people, new churches are typically better at reaching the new people than existing churches. And so, there's a biblical, I think, basis then for a, a church planting as a strategy to fulfill the Great Commission, um, even better than simply staying within existing churches and, and trying to yes. strengthen those. We want to strengthen existing churches. That's a good thing yeah, to do, absolutely. But <clears throat> one of the but church planting just naturally. Uh, tends to be better at, at reaching new, new folks. Now, here's the other thing that comes from church plants that Tim Keller points out. He says that when you're, when you're planting new churches, um, you are renewing the church in the sense that you are generating um, new leaders, you're generating new creative ways to reach people, And, uh, and that's going to challenge existing churches in their own current practices. So maybe there's some things that these new churches are doing that existing churches are going to look at and say,
1: Hey, that's a good idea.
0: We hadn't thought about, (laughs) we hadn't thought about doing that. Or there's, uh, there's people that were not connected to any church. They were secular or whatever, but as they got, uh, in, into this new church plant, now they're developing them and discipling them into leaders that we just wouldn't have had otherwise. And that's a powerful thing because those leaders may go on to do other things, whether that's uh-huh. church planting or they might go to another church someday and be a part of a staff or leaders in other places. And that's happening because of these these uh, these church plants. Um, oftentimes new churches are uh, more evangelistic. Uh, they know that they need to reach people. And uh, as they reach people that can have a trickle effect into connecting those new people into other existing churches anyway. And so you can oftentimes see uh, that, that church plants can strengthen uh, the churches around them as they connect with new people through outreach events and other things that then end up finding their way into, into new places, new churches.
1: Yeah. Cause even in the beginning stages, when you don't really have an established children's or Mm -hmm. youth, like you can reach people and then they're like oh we really need a place to plug in that has something yeah. better for our kids and then they wind up at another mm-hmm. church with a more established youth group but that still is growing the kingdom
0: yeah absolutely so you see that a lot those are those are all good things and so there's that biblical way there's also just as a as as fulfilling the biblical mandra- mandate to go and make disciples of the nations baptizing them and teaching them um, that uh, that church planting often is a is a great way to do that. And that's important for a, a launch team to understand. I think that we're part of the Great Commission. The Great Commission is not just sending uh, missionaries to Ecuador or Madagascar or whatever. Like that's that's part, certainly part of it, but that's not the only way. And in fact, um, church planting might be strategically a better. Tactic because it's that kind of shepherding and ongoing community that's going to see discipleship happen. Um, converts, you know, people reached, but then also, uh, you know, brought into fellowship. And so church planting is a good thing. So um, there's going to be pushback from time to time when you're talking about church planting. So maybe you're you know, convincing your launch team, maybe you're raising funds and some people as you raise funds might have some objections to going and planting a new church. And here's three objections that uh, Tim Keller um, raises and then uh, kind of gives us some, some uh, ways to rethink this objection. All right. So here's the first objection. Um, the first one is we already have plenty of churches. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard someone oh, say I've something? Oh, I've heard that
1: about, a lot. I mean, in Fresno, we drove past like twenty churches to get to our church, mm-hmm. and I can make a case for planning more churches Absolutely. in Fresno.
0: <laughs> Holy cow, we need more churches out there! But we had like five hundred in the city of Fresno. We had like five hundred churches, and uh, and they're not and not everyone's reached yet. <laughs> and so, you certainly need more churches there if you're going to reach them all. I mean, just imagine if everybody in Fresno decided one Sunday to go to church the whole city yeah there's nowhere to put them there's not nearly enough churches to accommodate and reach all of Fresno we need more churches Uh, I think one of the things that uh, that can be pointed out is the assumption there I think is uh, is that the churches that already exist are just as good at reaching the disconnected uh, if we assume that, then we might say, "Well, then why start a new yeah. church?" But if it's true that a church plant on the average typically will reach more disconnected people than existing churches, then even if there are plenty of churches, even if there are enough spaces and pews or chairs to reach everyone in the city, let's say, even if that were the case, still, you could make a case for planting a new church, not because we need the volume you know, enough seats, but because these churches are going to reach people that the existing ones just won't reach. That new churches are better at new generations. They're better at reaching new people groups and the disconnected than existing churches uh, typically are. And so um, let's not assume that uh, the existing churches are just as good at reaching the, uh, the unreached and the disconnected. And if we don't assume that, then uh, that Argument that there's already plenty has no weight. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything um, because we're not uh, picking from the same pool. We're trying to connect with new people. Um, And that's kind of the second leads into the second objection. This, and this is something more about, I think Utah culture even, um, but this is probably everywhere, but sometimes people will think of a new church and they'll worry that what you've got is a shrinking pie, you know, like, like if there's if there's only so many Christians to go around, and you put in a new church, well now you're going to be taking in order to fund you know to have your church and your congregation, you're going to be taking a few percent from the rest of them, and and you have this sort of you know zero sum starting uh, point, and it's you're going to shrink everybody's pie a little bit in order for you to get your slice as a church uh, as a church. Um, what's what, what? What do we say to people that have that kind of mentality?
1: We're not trying to reach the people in churches already. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: That's sort of the whole point, right? Yeah. Well,
1: and we're not competition. Yeah. We all have the same mission, and that is to reach people who don't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, to do that, it might be helpful if maybe a family from one church came to another to help do that in a ministry position. I don't think that that shrinks.
0: Yeah. Not the, in a larger the larger church sense. in the
1: larger scheme. Yeah. But it's it, we're not try, we're not here to reach the people who are already in churches. We're not yeah. here to say all the churches here suck.
0: Right. Come you know, to ours. Right.
1: That is not at all what we're doing when we're church planting. When we're church planting, we are just trying to reach people that don't know Jesus yeah. that need him. (laughs) And
0: so the shrinking pie seems to assume that the new church plant is only going to reach existing believers, which is just, again, the opposite of what typically is true of a a new church plant. A lot of existing believers... They want the bigger churches because they want all the programs the church bigger church can have. The new church plant, you're going to have very few programs to start unless you were just blessed with crazy resources yeah. or something, right?
1: Which some people are.
0: Yeah, and go for it. Do all you can, right? But a lot of churches were developed over time, and so some existing believers are going to show up. They're going to like what's going on, but they're going to say, yeah, but uh, our kid really needs the Awana or yeah. the youth program or the uh, I need the the adult you know celebrate recovery or whatever yeah. it is that we need early on like that you might say i need that so i got to go somewhere else
1: yeah and we even had people come mm-hmm. to our first few sundays from different churches just to check it out yeah, and say hey we're glad you're here we're sure. excited about what you're doing we go to this church down the street mm-hmm. and and that's great that they want to see what's going on in their community mm-hmm. because that leaves it to where if there's someone who doesn't want to come to their church or if there's something that they could tell someone about. And also they're making sure we're not whack.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's good too. Yeah. Make sure we're not whack. So they'll do that. So, um, the shrieking pie doesn't really work out because I think we're reaching new people. So we're focusing on, uh, disconnected people that are not plugged in anywhere and helping them come to Jesus and know him and, and disciple them and all that kind of stuff. Um, The third one is an objection goes something like, uh, you know, there's a lot of churches in the area that could be a lot better in ministry if we just focused on strengthening the existing churches instead of starting new ones. So, the resources that are going into starting this new church, if we reallocated that into the existing churches, we could do um, more, uh, more ministry. And I think that the faulty assumption behind that, again, is that that newer churches are only going to be a detriment to existing churches. Um, but in fact, like we've been talking about, yeah. <laughs> new churches will typically um, raise the tide for the churches around them in the sense that we're uh, generating new leaders, we're innovating new strategies, and a lot of those will be able to come alongside and help the churches uh, around them anyway. And those are all, uh, those are all important, important aspects of what new churches and new places do. Uh, so, so I think that there's a, uh, there's a couple of objections. You could probably think about these and come up with more responses to them, but I think it is useful as you think about uh, developing your launch team to help them understand some of these things, help them to, be able, be able to articulate maybe some responses to some of these things because as they're talking to other people about it, these are some obje- objections that yes. others might have or uh, they might wonder why plant a church instead of just going to the one down the street. And some of what we're talking about here might help you be able to explain that better. Yeah,
1: and I think this is very important for fundraising as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um,
1: especially when a lot of times our funds come from existing yeah, churches right. that, <laughs> that people might not understand. I think in, I mean, in the past few years, church planting has gotten more well-known, um, but for the average person in the church, they might not really understand, and they may have these objections. And when you can share, no, we're doing this, this, this actually helps the whole body of Christ mm-hmm. to all of the churches to strengthen and grow. And it's, And again, I want to make very clear that if you are going into church planting because you think everyone else doesn't have it figured out and you're going to do it right,
0: not the right heart. That
1: is not the (laughs) right heart. Like we need to be a team with the existing churches, even if we're not directly. Communicating with them all the time. We try to in this area, but we only have a few. We don't yeah. have five hundred that right. we have to connect with. We have four. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. so for us, it's a little bit different. But even if we had five hundred, it's important to think of us all as the body of Christ, and we're not trying to do something to the detriment no. of the other. No. That it is. We are on the same team. We we are one church. And these are just different communities of that same, that same church. And I think it's important for the community around us to recognize that as well, that yeah. we're not all yeah. different competing religions, Right. that we are on the same team and we do things differently and we're going to, we have different strengths and we're going to reach different people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They say the rising tide lifts all boats. And I think that's true in this kind of context too, that uh, as one church is effective at reaching more people in time that ends up uh, helping the churches around them as well you see that with again the new leaders you see new yeah. new techniques or new ministry uh, things that other churches can uh, embody and uh, and see and see bear fruit in their ministries as well and uh, and you see that in, in individual churches as well when when a church has a good solid uh, youth program that that tide or that rising tide in that ministry can spill over into affecting the church as a whole, that, that uh, as your Sunday morning experience is um, valued by your community, you'll see that affect the men's and the women's uh, attendance and everything else. So that rising tide helps within a particular church. But I think that broad, in a more broad sense, you see that same thing. As your church impacts the spiritual landscape of your community, you'll see that affecting the other churches that are there as well. And uh, and and they can gain some momentum and some power from yeah. from that too. So I think those are all, uh, those are all things kind of dovetail together. It's not one against the other or one to the exclusion of the other, but they work together. Okay. I think those are, uh, I think those are the deals.
1: That's the why and the why not yeah, of
0: the, church planting. The why and the why not and the why... In response to the why not anyway, <laughs> or at least exposing some of the, maybe some of the faulty assumptions that lie behind some of the objections yeah. that people have.
1: So go plant churches. And if you're an existing church, support church plants. Boom. That's what we're saying. Huh. Boom.
0: Yeah. What's that. What? <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Bye. Okay, so that was our show for today.
0: Yep. If you liked it, tell a friend and do all the subscribe stuff so you can find the next one we do.
1: Thanks for listening to the Church Planting Together podcast. See ya.